Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. Hello, I'm Nick Spacek. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. If you go to cinepunks.com, you can find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business and Twitch of the Death Nerve. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks. That is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. You can also support the Cinepunks sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. EssexCoffeeRoasters.com offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Founder Aaron Dahlbeck spent years on the road in touring bands, often questing for that great cup of coffee between shows. That experience informs Essex as they strive to make high quality coffee accessible to people across the country. Most coffees are stored for months or more after roasting, offering a stale cup. Essex roasts each cup to order as they come in to ensure your quality at home. Essex Coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And right now, if you use the code CINEPUNKS, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you'll get 10% off. Also, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world. Personal and professional, the only place where you get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them at xlvacx.com. I feel like we've never mentioned this, but if you've ever bought anything from Rough Cut, they're the ones who make those shirts um, and they are stellar and I own many of them. Cool. All right. Time for our getting to know you question. And since our feature presentation today is alligator, uh, which is kind of based on the urban legend that if you flush a baby creature, it will thrive in the sewers. We want to know from each other today, what was, Nick, what was your hometown's scariest or strangest urban legend? Like I was saying before we started, like I really had to like think about this. Um, And then I remembered, um, like I grew up in Lansing, which is right by Leavenworth, which is right by Fort Leavenworth. And there is this story like there are all sorts of stuff like Fort Leavenworth is considered to be like one of the most haunted places in Kansas it's either Fort Leavenworth or Atchison depending but there's a story that there is this woman who walks the uh the the she was a a a pioneer woman and they were staying at Fort Leavenworth back in 1880 um they're on their way to oregon uh and this husband and wife and their two children stayed there um in in the winter like to get ready for you know to to as a place to just like hang out and so um at one point uh the father hiram sent the the two young children ethan and mary to go collect firewood they never returned um and so like the mother would go out every night like looking for them like with a lantern and like calling their names and everything and eventually she dies uh and then the father uh goes uh home to indiana and uh finds out and several months later when spring comes it turns out they had just washed they had fallen into the river but they had been uh picked up by some fox indians who then took care of them all winter and then brought them back um and they were all reunited um but um evidently even though they were reunited with the family they never she 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 never got to be reunited with them and so she because she's buried at fort leavenworth and you know they're somewhere else like she walks you know, you can find her in the cemetery, you know, walking and uh, holding a lantern and calling their names. Ooh. Yeah, super creepy. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I think also uh, Stull. Um, yeah. I feel like everybody listening to this podcast probably knows what Stull is, but um, Google it if you haven't. It's far too <laughs> detailed to go into here. It's just What's yours? the gateways to hell. Uh, okay, so I'm from Emporia, Kansas, which is a fairly small town, and there's a park in the middle of town. It's a big park called Peter Pan Park, and it has one of those big drainage pipes in the middle, so we absolutely had the somebody flushed an alligator and now one lives there myth. I never saw one. 
Um, before I get into our real urban legend, I would like to give an honorable mention to something I thought was an urban legend, but turns out to be completely and totally true, which is in that same park, there's this little building that kind of looks like a little castle and has a moat and a fence around the moat. And I was always told that that was the monkey house and that monkeys used to live there. And I never believed it. And then I was at an antique store one day and I found a postcard with a picture. It was a drawing, but it was a picture. It was a real accurate postcard from the time, a vintage postcard of monkeys actually living in the monkey house in the park. So that was not an urban legend. There were really monkeys living there. Um, So I think there's a few ghosts around Emporia, but there's one that's fairly recent in the grand scheme of things. Uh, In the 80s, there was a murder, a a kind of a double murder, actually. Um, A local preacher was having an affair with his secretary, and then his wife, um, her car ran off of a rural bridge, and she died. And it seemed maybe like an accident at the time until his mistress's husband also died in a strange way. And they went back and revisited and were like, maybe this was a murder actually. (laughs) And so this is one of those bridges out in the country. That's like one car can go across at a time and it's already spooky. And now since that had happened in the eighties, it, the word is you can hear her scream out there. You can see her ghost. I've been out there never at night. I've never seen a ghost. Um, But if you want to know more, there is a made for TV movie starring John Lithgow about it. And you can find that on YouTube. It's called Murder Ordained. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, absolutely love that. Um, Strangely, I I've never been able to like figure this out. There was always the rumor that there was this house like that was on the corner, like where you turn to get into my neighborhood, like off the main road that that the husband had killed his wife in that house. And I had always heard that growing up and like every once in a while, like that'll pop into my head and I'm like, I should try to figure that out, but I have no idea what the starting point would be. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be some heavy research probably. (laughs) Um, and so that's our, like, I feel like that was a a very, um, my favorite murder segment right there. Yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's our hometowns for this week. Yeah. <laughs> and I have definitely written to my favorite murder about the murder ordained murders, but they've never read them. So <sighs> not yet. Anyway, I can give it another try. Well, it's always so funny. Cause like, I feel like they've definitely like on those hometowns, it's like, somebody's like, Oh, I wrote in about this three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have anything you'd like to share, um, Shoot us a message uh, at Report Carnage on Twitter or carnagereportpod at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear your uh, creepy urban legends from your hometown. Or even the silly ones. Tell us if your hometown had the alligator legend or random monkeys living in a non-zoo. <laughs> And now it is time for New Nightmares, uh, our roundup of trailers, things that are new to streaming, coming soon to theaters, etc., so on and so forth. Um, there was a Netflix uh, geek thing uh, this past week where they went like super crazy and like dropped all of this uh, new sneak peeks at everything. And um, this is the thing that we were most excited about, I think was the very first look at the Wednesday series. Um, You don't get a lot. It's a very short trailer, Um, but you do get to see uh, how Jenna Ortega looks and evidently it looks like um, thing is going to play like a major part in that. And I'm kind of, very excited about that actually yeah i was like oh like i feel like everybody like everything has a sidekick right now if you're watching obi-wan kenobi you know what i'm talking about um but i think it's uh i I think it looks it looks good Mm -hmm. yeah jenna ortega looks so young like they have really managed to make her look incredibly young Considering that the last thing I saw her in was X. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm just like, well, you know, play all the parts you can. Yeah. And then Thing looks 
really haggard for a disembodied hand. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like it's, I'm very excited about this just for like everybody that's involved in it. Um, the dread central, um, write up uh said that like sort of the synopsis uh gives chilling adventures of sabrina and energy and i am i'm super into into that. oh yeah yeah for sure on board all right next up this is a new thing uh we got a teaser trailer this week for a new movie called the menu starring anya taylor joy and this is a kind of a dark comedy dark comedy psychological thriller set in the world of eccentric culinary culture centering on a young couple who visit an exclusive restaurant on a remote island where an acclaimed chef has prepared a lavish tasting menu taylor joy will play one half of the couple and ralph fines is the chef uh the other half of the couple is nicholas holt and that's not that's not even all of the cool cast judith light is in this john leguizamo the trailer looks Cool. It's kind of hard to tell what's going on. I'm putting my money on cannibalism because cannibalism is having a moment right now. There's yeah. nothing that would specifically indicate that. That's just me guessing. I'm also, I, my guess was um, drugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, either way, it looks like the whole, like, yes, chef. Like, yeah. yeah. If you watch a lot of Food Network, which I do, this <laughs> definitely vibes right into that. And, it, yeah <laughs> it's very it it has this great thing where it it, it feels very culty as well and mm -hmm. i am always down for like a crazy cult thing yes and i think i i don't know anyone who isn't on board to watch just about anything anya taylor joy's in right now so can't go wrong there yeah she can keep making as many things as she wants because they've all been quality yeah uh, speaking of uh, people who make things that are quality, um, Fanta the Fantasia Festival um, announced its second wave of films. And as always, like the the genre festival, like it's amazing, like what they've got coming in every year. I feel like there's something that comes out of that festival that is just like the next big thing. But what I think I'm most excited about is um, Kira Janice is getting the Canadian Trailblazer Award. Um, author um, of like several great books, including House of Psychotic Women, um, which is a <laughs> subtitled an autobiographical autobiographical topography of female neurosis in horror and exploitation films. <laughs> um, <clears throat> she's also um, like uh, edited a bunch of things, but I think everyone probably knows her best as being the woman behind the documentary Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, a history of folk horror, um, which is like just a, a massive, amazing thing that has also uh, inspired all the haunts by B hours, um, the Vinegar Syndrome box set that is just insane and I can't afford. Um, but I'm very excited that she's getting recognized in, in this way. That's awesome. All right. Next up, we told you about Prey last episode, I think. Was it? Yep. Okay. Last episode, we just had just this tiny little teaser, but now there is a full trailer out and it's even more exciting than the teaser. We get a better look, quote unquote, at the Predator. You know, it's, it's camouflage. You can't really, but you, you know, you get that Predator, you get that Predator sound. Oh, so many times that I can't, I can't make it, but you know, you've seen predator, you know, that sound. Yeah. And I just saw this today before we started recording uh predator was released 35 years ago today. So oh. kind of cool that we're talking about this new addition to the franchise today. Um, so yeah, if you, if you didn't listen last time, if you missed what's going on, this is a, this is a prequel. It's set in the Comanche nation over 300 years ago. It's an action thriller follows Naru, a skilled warrior who fiercely protects her tribe against a highly evolved alien predator. And uh, it's a largely, it's fully cast with First Nations and Native peoples. Um, so that's really, really cool. And what's super awesome is they also announced this week that when it comes out, you'll have the ability to not only watch it in English, 
um, where they do like the, yeah, they're speaking Comanche, but they're actually speaking English, you know, like mm-hmm. watching like Red October or something for Red October or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But you'll be able to watch it in Comanche. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't see that. That's cool. I think it's the first ever like major release, like first release where they didn't like dub it later. Like I think they did like Finding Nemo into Navajo uh, like a few years ago. Um, Cool. Yeah, no, I'm super excited about it. And it's going to be on Hulu. So like everybody will get a chance to watch it on Hulu August 6th. So we don't have to wait too long. Speaking of uh, companies releasing massive box sets I can't afford, um, Severin uh, just announced the incredibly strange films of Ray Dennis Steckler, which is a 10-disc set containing 20 features uh, plus a book. Um, It's along the lines of their Al Adamson and Andy Milligan box sets um, of just like collecting all of the films by like a I think, you know, underrated or underseen directors um, and uh, Steckler's filmography contains everything from like an Arch Hall Jr. Uh, like movie called Wild Guitar, as well as like some of what are referred to as like some of the worst movies ever made, like Rat Finka Boo Boo and the Lemon Grove Kids. But then like just crazy things like Blood Shack or the Hollywood Strangler meets the Skid Row Slasher. Uh, and then like movies that I feel uncomfortable saying the names of. Um, <laughs> but let's go with the Sexorcist's Devil as like the tamer of of some of them. But yeah, there's like a book and it's crazy. Um, and I, it's available for now if you go to Severn's website um, for pre-order and it's supposed to be out in a couple of months. I think that the... Um most exciting based on title alone is the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. Uh, a very a title. It's an excellent MST three K episode. If you, if you nice. want to check it out. <laughs> All right. Something else new we get to tell you about also coming from Netflix is the midnight club. This is a Mike Flanagan series that is based on Christopher Pike novels. Uh, the Midnight Club specifically is a Christopher Pike novel, but in that novel, well, I'll read the synopsis of that novel. It's a Rotterdam home, a hospice where teenagers with terminal illness went to die, was home to the Midnight Club, a group of five young men and women who met at midnight and told stories of intrigue and horror. One night they made a pact that the first of them to die would make every effort to contact the others from beyond the grave. But I think that the series is starting with that premise and then working in other Pike novels, if I understand it correctly, which for someone who grew up reading Christopher Pike kind of before all other, like (laughs) I was, I was too old for Goosebumps. And so I caught a little bit of Fear Street, but I was mostly like Christopher Pike. So, and I love Mike Flanagan. So far, he has not disappointed me. So this looks exciting. And the little teaser is just that it's a little teaser. It doesn't give you much, but it gives you the vibe and that's all we need. Um, yeah. Uh, I read a bunch of Christopher Pike books when I was younger, like right alongside all the fear street stuff. Um, there have been, um, if you subscribe to author Grady Hendrix's newsletter, um, mm-hmm. the, the too much horror fiction one, um, you will occasionally get, uh, like he'll send out something where it's literally just a plot summary, uh, with commentary of a weird paperback book. And he's done a couple of installments just on Christopher Pike and like Christopher, those Pike books novels, were weird. There there's a, like people are like all the teenagers in them are horrible. They're super mm-hmm. like horny, but also violently. So, and it's just yeah. like those books, like make like some of the, like, when I eventually moved on to like reading Stephen King, like Stephen King almost seems kind of tame yeah. <laughs> after reading Christopher Pike. You're like, like I think Needful Things is the only one that really captures sort of like the small town horribleness. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't think Christopher Pike gets as much chitter chat as some of the other YA horror novelists of our day but I mean he was writing some weird stuff there was one I remember where like the mastermind behind it all ended up being a kid on dialysis somehow and that played played into the plot it's like what's happening Uh, anyway so we can look forward to seeing that on on our tvs on October 7th it looks like is when it's going to start streaming oh so excited um 
another festival. Uh, they've revealed the full festival lineup for the Chattanooga Film Fest, which is coming up uh, in just a few short weeks. Um, if you uh, follow them on Twitter at Chat Film Fest, that's two T's. Um, you can find they've been they post like so many updates and you can watch uh, like they put links to trailers and everything. And I definitely spent like a good portion of my morning just like going through and like watching trailers for stuff. Uh, and I am kind of excited about everything. Uh, yeah. So that's June 23rd through 28th. Uh, it will be uh, virtual uh, again this year. Um, I, although I do believe there is some in-person stuff uh, going on. But uh, I think the thing that we are most excited about, like, because I know you shared it, uh, is the film uh, Pussy Cake. Um, yeah. Which is very, um, like, you watch the trailer and you're like, is it zombies? It, and then you see a thing that's like definitely an interdimensional portal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what this is, but I want to see it. Um, sort of makes me think of, Uncle Peckerhead, if you saw yeah. that one, but with girls in Argentina or with more girls, I guess. Yep. But oh man, yeah, it just looks uh, super duper gross um, yeah. and crazy. Um, and so I'm down for that. But yeah, definitely go check out like all of the other films that they have uh, coming out. I'm trying to remember what the other trailer I watched was like because it really grabbed me. Uh, Oh, uh, Gateway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one looks also just like in, which is uh, Irish. Um, yeah. Just looks uh, terribly, terribly haunting. Yes. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things I'm excited about on this one. There's some overlap with Panic Fest, but plenty of good stuff. Um, and for those curious, I'll be covering it for Modern Horror, so you'll be able to find that. Uh, my my modern horse colleague Jeremy Burgess and I will be covering it at modernhorse.com. Kick ass. All right. This is sort of a well, it is a panic fest alum from last year, keeping company, uh, was kind of a surprise favorite of mine last year. And they are finally uh being released to the masses on VOD June 7th. And there's a trailer that's been released. And I I think the trailer gives it gives the people enough that you could be excited about i went in blind didn't know anything about it and was like oh this is actually really darkly funny and kind of has a lot to say about classism and and all that kind of stuff uh, the summary is sunny and noah are two brash door-to-door -door salesmen climbing the ranks within the corporate world of insurance one day after feeling the heat from their boss to get their sales numbers up, they cross paths with lucas an enigmatic antisocial creature who they see as a potential new client with no regard for Lucas's plea for privacy, they rudely force their way into his house, but soon find themselves trapped in his basement, incapable of escaping. As the spotlight shifts toward Lucas and his demanding grandmother, the similarities between the sinister household and the ruthless world of business begin to parallel each other. So it kind of has that, you know, pushy salesman versus rich people, then how insurance is a racket, that kind of thing. And for fans of The Office, it has Andy Buckley, who was David Wallace, which is <laughs> Always a pleasure to see him. <laughs> uh, I know nothing about this movie and I'm very excited to see it. Yeah. Uh, oh, so. <clears throat> so if, if you're from Kansas City, you have definitely heard the name Todd Sheets. He has been making movies for almost 40 years. Um, low budget, very independent, um, very trauma-esque. Um, He's kind of a, a legend in uh, the low-budget cinema world. Um, and he has another movie. Uh, his latest, Final Caller, is due out July 5th from Wild Eye Releasing. Uh, it looks very much like a horror movie version of uh, Talk Radio, um, the Eric Bogosian play-slash-movie that was directed by Oliver Stone, um, you know, where it's, you know, like a... A, a talk radio host who like berates people but in this case there's a serial killer on the other end of the line so maybe uh, a hint of new year's evil going on there um i'm sure it will be entertaining i'm sure it will be bloody i'm sure a lot of people will take their clothes off um <laughs> and 
it will be uh, entertaining in a way that only Mr. Sheets can do. What more could you want? <laughs> right. More Munsters news. Uh, we finally have a bit of a trailer. It's just a teaser. It's uh, basically a reimagining. They redid the intro to the original show with the actors, the new cast for the movie. So, you know, just that little, that little segment. Uh, what we do find out, which was something I was curious about, is that it will be in color. I know I was definitely wondering what they were going to do with that. Rob Zombie has said that he knew if he went in and demanded black and white, it just wasn't going to happen. So instead he went with hyper real colors, more like cartoon characters come to life, which I think is the right choice as far as getting it made. I'm still nervous and hesitant about whether or not I'm going to like it. Especially when I heard this little bit of gossip, which is that Butch Patrick, who is in the film, he originally played Eddie Munster in the in the old TV show. Uh, he did an interview this week where he said that the Munsters movie is going to be two hours and 38 minutes. And that long for is unnecessary. It's too long for a comedy. It's too long for a horror. It's too long for anything I'm going to watch outside of my house, for sure, because I will need to take a restroom break. So I don't know if that's true. Obviously, we're a ways away from that being released. But if that's true, that's that's lofty. That's really lofty. But the whole thing of it being in, in color has me like very curious because like I don't have you ever seen any of the like color behind the scenes photos of, yeah. um, from the Adams family where you find out the house is like pink? Yeah, it's weird. And it's uh, th that evidently was because there are certain colors that look certain ways in black and white. And so you could go like with these crazy garish colors because like when on in black and white film, like it just it exposes really well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I'm just like I'm I'm going to watch it just because I at this point I am morbidly fascinated to see yes. how it turns out. <laughs> I am trying to keep my mood elevator at curious and. <laughs> really assume positive intent on behalf of Rob Zombie that he wants to give us the monsters we deserve and not the white trash monsters. So I'm <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. Um, there's a new slash recent um, vinyl reissue label called Scareflare Records. Um, I feel is very appropriate to listeners of this program because like they, they do it specialized pretty much exclusively in uh, horror scores. And they're doing some really interesting stuff because like they've put out uh, the Texas Chainsaw, the, the soundtrack to the documentary, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Shocking Truth, um, which had previously been put out on vinyl by like a label that ended up being like a total scam. Uh, <laughs> that I, that, uh, but they, they've, they've got that uh, out now and they have stuff coming like the, um score to george a. romero's night writers um they've done the score for the uh very popular very fantastic friday the 13th fan film never hike alone is on the way um and the thing i'm most excited about is there is a musician antony Maiovi, um uh who put out uh, it's like an homage to like zombie and apocalypse movies called before and after the bomb. And it's going to get its first ever physical release uh, hopefully later this year. Um, and it, uh, I did an article for the lineup about like the best, like fake movie scores of all time. Um, and that ranked very, uh, that was one of my favorites that uh, I've ever heard, but yeah, you can find them at uh, they're at Scareflare dot com or um you can just look for scareflare records on facebook where they have all kinds of updates um and it's going to get very expensive in the spacic household <laughs> cool all right so i believe we talked about screenbox a couple episodes ago and how it's a new horror streaming service that is coming or it's here uh building its content little by little i think it started pretty small but we're getting there and they've they're releasing some exclusive and original content that looks pretty good they announced a couple of releases coming for this summer and both of them look really interesting the first one is story game which is a bit of an anthology it's some teens in hawaii and there's a phone app that like gives them some prompts 
to make stories and they all have to make these stories. So it's maybe like five little horror stories uh, around the prompts that this phone gives them. That looks pretty cool. But the next one to me looks even cooler. I'm kind of a sucker anyway for horror in Spanish. So uh, this next one is another Argentinian horror and it's called Welcome to Hell. And it follows a terrified mother-to-be who is desperate to escape her murderous ex who happens to be the leader of a satanic death metal band. So the trailer <laughs> for this is just like so metal and, and you know, dark and red and bloody looking. It looks pretty cool. And uh, I just, uh, I don't want to spend another $5 a month <laughs> on another service, but I might have to at least give it a try when these come out. Uh, Story Game starts streaming on June 21st and... Welcome to Hell starts streaming, screaming, streaming on July 12th. <laughs> I'm excited for both of those. And I think the movie that everybody is most excited about um, this summer is Nope. Um, they, they, they put out the final trailer uh, and it's one of those things where you're like, oh man, they've, they showed so much in this trailer. Like, it's insane. It's like, okay, well, they're definitely flying saucers. Um, there are definitely, like, weird things going on. Uh, Keith David's in it. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still like, no, it's probably not what you think it's about. Um, my favorite theory currently is that it involves something regarding uh, the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, which I think is I think is a really fascinating possibility. Um, uh I don't know. Like you never know until you watch one of Jordan Peele's movies, like what it actually is going to be. Like, I feel like both get out and us, like you watch the trailer and you're like, Oh, I know what this is about. And then you get through it and you're like, I, that was not what I thought it was going to be at all. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, yeah. So, uh, I feel like if they're showing this much in the trailer, it's like, (laughs) this is a thing. I completely trust in Jordan Peele's desire to throw us off the scent and trick us in the best way. Yes, I'm very excited. It lives 50 feet beneath the streets. It's 36 feet long. It weighs over 2,000 pounds. And it's about to break out. We're looking at the one who saw it. And it was big. You said it was dark. Now, perhaps you're mistaken. An alligator half that size would starve in a week. Coming up with some garbage about alligators in the sewers. Alligators in the sewers? Once it escaped, there was no way to stop it. No! The safety of the public is my job! It could be anywhere. There he is. Ready to attack at any moment. I've seen what this animal can do. You'd better take all the help you can get. No one believed it. Now, no one will forget it. Alligator. And now our feature presentation um, on this episode of The Carnage Report. We are talking about the 1980 Lewis Teague-directed film Alligator. What's it about, Julie? It is a pet baby alligator is flushed down a toilet and survives in the city sewers. 
12 years later, it grows to an enormous size thanks to a diet of discarded laboratory dogs injected with growth hormones. Now humans have entered the menu. <laughs> and we're we're considering this a new nightmare because this is the first time it's been streaming. So it's a lot of people haven't gotten a chance to see it. This is a first time. It was a first time watch for me. It might not have been for Nick. It was a first time watch for me. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been... A- excited about seeing this um like because i've heard about it over the years it's like one of those uh films that just i'm like oh yeah like i should definitely see this because it has people i like in it and it's interesting but yeah this is the first time ever streaming uh it and it was released on blu-ray and ultra hd um along with uh in name only uh sequel alligator to the mutation from 1991 both of those really released by scream factory back at the end of february um although interestingly enough there has been a version like hanging out on archive.org oh <laughs> you can like it i'm not quite sure how that's legal but um i it that, might not I, be. I found that uh in my uh searching for material on it um i was also really fascinated before we get in the movie, uh, did you do any like looking into the people who made this movie? I looked at the cast and uh, there was one thing that really surprised me within the cast, but that's as far as I looked. Okay. So um, the things that got me about this is uh, Louis Teague, who directed it, would go on to do like uh, several interesting things, but uh, I think most notably Navy Seals. Oh, ooh, Navy Seals. <laughs> Navy Seals exactly. <laughs> That is in my notes, actually. Um, uh, But it was written by John Sayles, um, who has a film in the National Film Registry, like in Congress, The Return of the Secaucus 7. Um, But he has also, uh, he made, like, he's made all of these very well-regarded films, but, like, made his money writing movies like Piranha, which I think is very appropriate. Yeah. uh, And also The Howling. Oh, Okay, cool. Um, which I think the combination of like somebody who would later go on to direct Navy SEALs with somebody who directed the return of the Sakaka Seven, like definitely marks like that weird late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're like, just doing whatever comes along. <laughs> sure. It pays. Great. Let's do it. Yeah. So I was in IMDb specifically looking up the uh, pet shop owner because I was like, I think that's the teacher from Carrie. It is the teacher from Carrie. Oh. It's the same actor he, who also plays Franklin and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, the guy who uh, runs the sewing shop. I had never made that connection before. So that excited me. I was like, oh, great. I love that guy. But what surprised me while I was in there is to see that uncredited, and I don't know if everything on IMDb is true uncredited in the role of alligator kane hotter (laughs) i don't think that it mostly feels like a guy in a suit with the alligator i didn't i wasn't like distracted by that feeling but maybe that's just because kane hotter is so good what he does the other name for the imdb is the inaccurate movie database so uh okay I feel like everything <laughs> should definitely be taken with a grain of salt, but um, well, I'm going to know it because I choose to. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, if the if the legend is better than the truth, print the legend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this movie feels like I know it came out in 1980, but it feels very 70s. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, what struck me was how much fun this movie was. I loved it. It was so fun. It is one of the best post Jaws knockoffs I've seen. Um, I'd say it's up there with like Grizzly as being just yeah. like, yeah, this is basically Jaws. Yeah. Like it's the, just Jaws the, with a different animal. And so much bloodier than Jaws. Yes. Yeah, there there was a moment, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, so I won't say, but there was a moment where I was like, are they gonna they okay they did that they sure did that <laughs> i was <laughs> surprised and and i loved it uh i like so it starts off like there's a little girl at a 
alligator wrestling show where you can buy baby alligators or maybe they were just free because her parents didn't seem into it and she got one anyway so maybe they were just free that she took home this baby alligator and named it Ramon love the fact that the alligator has a name yes every time we saw it later I was like Ramon no (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it ultimately her dad flushes it and then it becomes the the terror that we know. I will also say that in my real life, I work for an engineering firm that designs municipality water treatment. And so this is not possible. Just so you know, the, the, the place your toilet flushes doesn't go to the same place as where the stormwater runs. Thankfully, that is different. I think even in the 80s, that was different. <laughs> no, no the, the thing that sort of crazy about this movie is that it has monster movie vibes Mm -hmm. it has mad scientist vibes it has inappropriate adult content and i don't mean and when i say like adult content i don't mean like sexy i mean like adult like like uh robert forster's character is dealing with like losing his hair and like the death of someone and like like not having a good relationship it's like oh this isn't like fun adult stuff this is like this is like grown-up stuff everyone whether he knows them or not ribs him about his hair loss and it never becomes anything i was like is this gonna like pay off in the end with some big i don't even know how that would pay off and it's just not, it's just the, th- the running joke. Let's rib this guy about something he's clearly self-conscious about for no reason. And like 100%, like I, I, I definitely, uh, I've heard that Quentin Tarantino very specifically cast Robert Forster in Jackie Brown because of his performance as detective Madison in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, and I can totally see it. Like it's the same, like I I don't give a shit, like just trying to get through the day and do my job vibes as, yeah. as Jackie Brown. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's the same character. The very stereotypical, no nonsense detective with a dark shadowy past. And like, it's just, it, it takes a little bit to get going. Like, yeah. like there is definitely like a lot of, <laughs> set up for like the first like half hour to 40 minutes but once that alligator literally busts out of the sewer yeah literally like explodes out of concrete uh, onto the streets of a city that is never actually named yes i wanted to address that because we know they're in missouri because They state that, and that's what all the license plates say. And we know that they're not in St. Louis because we're repeatedly told that he used to work in St. Louis and does not anymore. And it's clearly a big city. So it's got to be Kansas City, right? I mean, it absolutely 100% has to be because it's not big enough. Like It's too big to be like Columbia. Columbia? Yeah, (laughs) like there's not even, there's not that many big cities in Missouri. So if it's not St. Louis, like um, it may not be canon, but it, a head canon, it is definitely uh, Kansas City. Although what's funny is if you read <clears throat> reviews and stuff, um, like people constantly assume it's in New York. Yeah, I could see. I I thought for a minute I was like, well, maybe it's Chicago. Like maybe he went from St. Louis to Chicago, but then all the license plates said Missouri, and I was like, well, it's not Chicago then. <laughs> it's so. so- I, I love movies that never tell you where it is and yeah. watching people make their own assumptions. Yeah. I so, also, there was a, oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, no, no. Like, um, and that's like one of those things where it, this is a 50s sci-fi kids monster movie, like, but updated into the 70s. Like, mm-hmm. very specifically, like, um, Robert Forster uh, as Madison and Robin Riker as um, Marissa like their relationship is 100% just like 50 sci-fi like where it's like the 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 scient the 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 lady scientist and like the man in some sort of like governmental role in this case a cop um just like they get together through 
everything and he says like he's very he's so misogynistic like, yeah. he's really like he's really nice like but like definitely says some stuff that i was just like oh yeah this is this is definitely from this is the time. 80s yeah <laughs> also worth noting that marissa the the herpetologist is the same little girl who got the baby alligator and that got flushed just, I love you know. the fact that they don't point it out. You just figure it out because of her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mom. was a little disappointed that there wasn't a touching reunion. <laughs> well, I mean, and, they are kind of reunited, but it's not touching. But it's not touching, no. <laughs> touching with teeth, perhaps. Yeah. I also really liked there were a couple moments of alligator POV cam. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, And man like there's there is a there are a lot of plot points where i feel like if you're looking at like any wikipedia summary it's like oh it 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 leaves out a lot of stuff like it Mm -hmm. seems very straightforward but i mean like there are there are a lot of plots and subplots going on like at one point they bring in a big game hunter known as colonel brock um uh who makes everyone else look basically like a feminist with how misogynistic and awful he is <laughs> kind of racist too yeah like the the scene where he's like trying to recruit some uh young men to help him um uh, is one of those scenes where it's like oh i'm i'm assuming like you're supposed to hate him yeah. 1980s but like definitely 2022 you really fucking hate him uh at yeah this i point. said out loud oh fuck this guy <laughs> Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm watching it, and just like, uh, and, and he's played by uh Henry Silva, who is a character actor, um, who has been in like a, like looking at his IMDb page, I was like, oh yeah, like he's been in everything. Yeah, like, he's in a like a ton of really bad like Italian movies. Like he's definitely <laughs> he was in Escape from the Bronx, um, uh, and uh. He's in Ghost Dog, which is where I was like, oh, that's where I know him from. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like um, there's, yeah, there's a big game hunter. There's uh, mad scientists doing genetic, you know, testing. There are, um, oh man, uh, there's uh, like explosions. Um, and then you sort of alluded to like, th- there is a scene in a pool mm-hmm. that is maybe one of the more shocking like it is the most grindhousey thing about this movie yeah Uh, not gonna spoil it but it's it's terrible and great yeah it was absolutely the moment where you're like oh they're not fucking around and that's what i really appreciated about it is that like this is a movie uh i i i think we've i've i've made this point uh when we've touched when we touched on crabs like it's like I love a movie that recognizes what it is and just goes for it. Like this is mm-hmm. this is a movie that is just like, oh no, this is a cash grab alligator. Like we're we're doing the urban legend, turning it into a movie Jaws knockoff. Yeah. And- well, also like, you know, telling people how we feel about big pharma. <laughs> and then just the sheer number of people casually wearing Izod shirts. Yes. <laughs> um now the the funny thing is uh, I found Roger Ebert's review of this um from the Chicago Sun Times when the movie came out um uh he did not like it he gave it one star uh and not surprised. Uh, it concludes with the sentence why not try flushing this movie down the toilet to see if it also grows into something big and fearsome <laughs> <laughs> um and like I like some of the like reviews and everything make the argument that it's like well when you can see the alligator it's not nearly as scary i was like no but it is like way more cool like yeah. like it's a it looks big like yeah. and that's what i appreciate it doesn't look like a lot of other monster movies uh like especially from the 50s like if you watch a lot of svengoolie you're just like oh this is a very tiny thing that was shot with like stop motion or like rear projection or whatever no mm-hmm. this is a this is a big fake alligator and they're like we're gonna we're gonna get our money's worth yeah yeah doesn't it like bite a car at one point like it's yeah it's a big alligator it is uh i believe according to the wikipedia page it grows 36 feet or 11 meters long yeah it's a big boy 
it's very big and it looks big and it looks legitimately like dangerous. Yeah. There's also, I'm sure that this all goes back to something from a Godzilla, something that I haven't seen, but the ultimate mayhem culmination of alligator really made me think of the part in one crazy summer where the stork brother is stuck in the Godzilla costume and crashes the, <laughs> the, the real estate sales party, like very much same vibes. And I want to believe that uh, Savage Sea Pollen saw alligator before he made one crazy summer. And put that that is, there. that is a, a, a leap I never would have made, but yeah, no, it is. That is 100% on the money. Yeah. Um. So I think, I think we both agree that like people should see this because it's mm-hmm. it's it's dumb, but it's like it's it's tightly it, aside from like the ramp up, but you're kind of learning about these characters and it's kind of it's funny at least. Yeah. But like once it gets going, it goes like it doesn't slow down. Yeah. And it much like crabs, this is a movie you can get together with your friends and, you know, just have a good time and watch it. You don't have to if you're all laughing and you miss something, it's going to be fine because you're all going to be laughing and cheering and, you know, cheering on Ramon, cheering against (laughs) Ramon, being excited that he's named Ramon. It's not subtle, but it's also not, it's not, it's dumb fun. It's not stupid fun. Like it's like, you're gonna, you're, if you go into it expecting like some sort of social commentary, although it does actually have like a pretty good amount of it, Mm -hmm. um, you might be disappointed, but it's surprisingly just action packed and like moves along in a really good clip. And like the weight is worth it. Like it, it pays off when you get there. It has that sort of same thing that jaws does where it's like, yeah, jaws is the monster, but the real villains are the men behind the monster, the men who allow the monster to exist and continue to kill. Of which there are many in this yes. movie. Like there are, uh, and um, I don't feel it's a spoiler, like to don't like you get like the comeuppance is chef's kiss. Yes. Like it's just everything you want to see. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it is a very satisfying movie. It's a good time. I watched it with my husband who will watch horror movies with me, but he doesn't have quite the the history and and whatnot that we have. And he loved it. He thought it was a good time too. So you can you can introduce it to your non-horror friends because it's not something that's going to give you nightmares. I don't I don't think unless you got an alligator thing. Uh yeah, no, I watched it, I think I watched it at like eight o'clock on like a Thursday morning. And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh no, it, it's a good like if you want something to do on a day off like while you're doing dishes or something like it yeah. will you will 100 stop doing dishes and just like watch it until the it water. is a bit of a saturday morning cartoon it is kind of movie <laughs> um yeah if you want to watch it uh folks listening uh it's on shutter or uh if you watch it on shutter and decide you want to see a lot more behind the scenes stuff um it is on 4k ultra hd or blu-ray from scream factory um and they usually have sales, so keep an eye out for those. Mm-hmm. And what else would we recommend that people watch? Um, I'm going to recommend this. It's not really a recommendation, but if you want to see something that does it uh, like on a totally different, much lower budget, uh, there is a movie that I got a screener for uh, entitled, entitled Sewer Gators, um, which we talked about on a past episode, and I watched it. Um I don't know why. Well, no, I know why. It was only an hour long and they sent me a screener. Um, it's it's really bad and it's really dumb. Um, it has a few moments, but like you're I'm very glad it's only uh, an hour long, but uh, surprisingly good special effects like that. Oh, I was good. not expecting. I was not expecting the CGI to be as good as it was, um, but it is definitely a lot of folks who are not professional uh, movie makers. <laughs> But it's Which, uh, out now on VOD. Cool. I mean, obviously, the obvious, Lake Placid. If you haven't seen any Lake Placid, start with the first one. Maybe no need to go further, but, you know, every now and then I watch I watch one of the sequels on Sci-Fi Network, and they're fine. 
uh yeah uh lake placid is uh, on tubi if you want to watch that uh also featuring uh one of betty white's greatest line deliveries maybe one of the best line deliveries in a film ever um which is where she tells a uh, cop uh, officer if i had a dick this is where i tell you to suck it um, <laughs> such a great line um and then surprisingly we both latched onto the idea of frogs <laughs> yeah considering i think how few people have seen frogs it's weird that we've not only both seen it but remembered it and probably watched it multiple times i know i have yep. enough to be like frogs would go with this and it, it, if you've not seen frogs like especially if you're kind of into environmental horror or just into the environment and nature fighting back like frogs mm-hmm. is such a good one it's so weird and it's so anti-rich people i just love it oh and it is it's part uh it was like if you're familiar with the mgm midnight movies collection um it was one of those films one of many uh actual midnight movies films that stars uh the late great ray milland um playing the uh aforementioned uh rich dude um Mm -hmm. he plays an asshole so well yeah in that movie like he is such a dick uh and it's also a very early sam elliott role uh Mm -hmm. and uh like sam elliott has always looked that good everyone like just you know like he's always looked that rugged classic man 72 (laughs) yeah and then a newer one that i think not i think people didn't expect a lot out of and i think everyone i know who saw it was surprised at how good it was is crawl it's surprisingly good kind of a flooding escaping a flood and oh no now there's also an alligator situation (laughs) i liked it i thought it was a good time I think it's very good. Uh, I'm wondering like, if I go back and rewatch it, how much of my enjoyment was just due to the fact that like my, as you said, like my expectations were very low. Yeah. Um, but uh, that one's unfortunately, like it has been streaming on Hulu in the past, but it's not there right now. Um, you can rent it on like on digitally from everybody or get on VOD. Oh, and uh, Frogs is on Prime. So oh, yeah. if you've got Prime, you can watch it and should because yes, it's, absolutely i think that's probably our top recommendation I, I feel like that's the recommendation where it's like if you haven't like please please watch it yeah you won't regret it I'll be right back. Uh, what do you have coming up in the next uh, week or two? I have is- stuff this time. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so I just discovered that the Northman, which I missed in theaters, is streaming on Peacock. So I'm going to watch that tonight. That's my birthday present to myself. I'm going to watch the Northman. It's my birthday today. Uh, also, for my fellow handicrafters, I was at Joanne today and the Halloween fabric is out. So I purchased some to go ahead and get ahead on my making dresses that for me are year round, but the fabric is not always available. And finally, you have heard me talk about before how much I love the Boulay Brothers Dragula, which is sort of RuPaul's drag race. It's a drag competition, but the artists focus on filth, horror, and glamour. Uh, the And I'm sorry to have to spoil it, but it's been out for some time now. So it's just out there. The winner of season four, who was also a contestant on season two, Dali, is going to be at Missy B's on Tuesday, which will have already happened when you hear this. And I got tickets to go, which will be my first drag show. And I'm very excited because I love Dali. Uh, they are very cool. Art. They, they do a lot of uh, creepy clown shit, which is my jam. So <laughs> I'm really excited. And nervous because I don't know what to do at drag shows. I've never been to Missy V's. That's a local Kansas City thing. I think most of our listen- listeners are probably local, but if you're not, it's a Kansas City drag club. Uh, I'm informed uh, by my friends who attend drag shows that you need to take uh, money and tip well and yes. tip often, or at the very least, uh, pay attention to those Venmo and PayPal handles uh, that pop up uh, and tip well. 
I also am going to watch the Northman tonight because uh, I just somebody was like, hey, you know, it's on Peacock now. I was like, wait, what? Like it, it's seemingly with no advanced notice or anything. It was just like all yeah, of us no like, Friday. It was there. Um, and I'm like, well, I, I need to like carve out two hours and 15 minutes to watch that. Mm hmm. Um, also, I am very excited. Uh, while we were out running errands this uh, afternoon, uh, we stopped by the library to, so my wife could pick up a book and I was digging through the new uh, arrivals uh, and I picked up a book called, it is a collection called There is a Graveyard that Dwells in Man, which is a, an arcane compendium of strange fiction and hallucinatory tales, um, which uh, this cover Ooh, <laughs> it's a cool looking cover, you guys. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it's got uh, stuff from like all kinds of artists, uh, most notable, notably like Arthur Mackin and Thomas Ligotti, which um, Thomas Ligotti scares the shit out of me. Like he is a dude that I legitimately think might actually be insane. Um, <laughs> uh, but like very creepy, very wonderful stories. So those are those are those are my two big plans. Also, I it's horror adjacent, but I feel like the new season of uh, the boys is really leaning Ooh. like into the, like definitely like it is the splatteriest season thus far. Okay. Um, and it's giving me real like bright burn vibes. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention I'm getting through stranger things, which is horror adjacent, maybe straight horror. I don't know. I I'm savoring it. I know most people have consumed it all already, but I'm savoring it a little at a time. I think that's probably the best way to do it. You've got to like make it last until the next, the, the, the last two episodes come out in July. Yeah. You know what we didn't do is discuss what we're watching next time. We haven't. Um, but I feel like we kind of just did. Yeah. Cause we could just do the Northmen. I think we're going to do the Northmen next episode. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. <laughs> um. So that's a sneak peek into the, process of making this show um uh, also um i feel like this is the biggest news of the episode uh yes. and i'm very excited to share with you all um thanks to uh allison um from the group true lions i was turned on to a last minute deal at sticker mule uh and we've got stickers Yay. um they came in the mail earlier this week so uh email us at carnage pod at gmail.com or just like dm us on um uh either instagram or twitter uh if you'd like one uh we'll give you an address to which you can send a self-addressed stamped envelope when we get it uh we'll slap a sticker in it and send it back to you um so uh thanks to allison from true lions for the heads up and thanks to sticker mule for the sick deal and I've already had in-person requests since you posted that. So I might have to have you send me a few that I can hand out to those people that I see in person. Will do. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you can yeah. find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage. And we can be reached via email at CarnageReportPod at Gmail. If you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes, share your thoughts or, you know, ask us for a sticker. Yeah. And share us with your friends. I've decided and I haven't told Nick yet that my goal right now, we have 42 Twitter followers. I would like for us to have a hundred. This is a modest goal. So help us get to a hundred Twitter followers and then we'll set a new goal. <laughs> share us, tell your friends at least to follow us. If not listen, but listening would be ideal. That would be awesome. Rate, review, subscribe, all of those fun things. Um, uh yeah I, I i too want more people to listen to the show it seems that everybody who listens really has enjoyed it and not just because they know us yeah, so. i've gotten good feedback i was told the other day that we are killing it that's what <laughs> greg from nightmare junkhead told me so i was like yes yay um featured music in this episode is mystery mist on the moor gloom horizon and nightmare machine by kevin mcleod available at competech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 3.0 Julie, where can they find you on social media? I am Dark Humor Girl on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find my writing at modernhorrors.com and downrightcreepy.com. I am on Twitter at nuthousepunks. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at nicklausmouse. And you can find my writing at The Pitch and in Starburst Magazine, whose new issue is on 
store shelves now where we round up the uh, top 66 superhero movies of all time. Um, and I got to write on three of my favorites, including Logan. Um, oh. I'm very excited about that. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Um, and as well, we already told you, we're going to watch The Northman. That'll be what we talk about next. <laughs> streaming now on Peacock. Um, check it out. Watch it. Um, uh, tell us what you think about it. And we'll try to include your thoughts in the upcoming episode. So you've got like two weeks. Yeah. Lots of notice. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.